1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This
0: is Martina Navratilova.
1: I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Lighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
2: tumultuous day at the tennis and Catherine Whitaker and myself david law are back in the lobby where we saw nick curios going out a few nights ago where we saw fabio fanini and family and Catherine and i have what kind just... of going out yes I've seen
1: him going a different kind of out
2: yeah we, we have seen him going out of the u.s open tonight nick curios in three straight sets at the hands of uh Mr. Rublev, who was uh, who was quite superb, but it's been a funny old night. I think it is fair to say in so many different ways. I mean, it's been an interesting day, but the night session has just been everything I didn't expect it to be. I would say we, we've we've just spent the last few hours uh, in the bar watching it, all of it. Uh, I'm four beers law tonight, so uh, <laughs> forgive me. Um, but the. The, the night itself, I, d- I just couldn't see it going like this. I mean, as, as we said, straight sets for Kyrgios uh, to go out of the tournament at the hands of Rublev. Um, Coco Goff won three games.
1: Three, three in love, yeah.
2: Um, against uh, Naomi Osaka, who was fantastic tonight. Um, and then Denis Danish Shapovalov has, has lost to Gal Monfils uh, in a fifth set heartbreaker yeah, true that, yeah. <laughs> so we, we were sitting in there and, I mean, you know, we uh, we like all these players on one level or another. But as you know, we have a, a bit of a soft spot for, for Kirios and for Shampovalov, and, I mean, they, they were,
1: <laughs> and it's been really
2: depressing. <laughs> it's been terrible, all of it, from that <laughs> perspective. Um, but the, I mean, let's go through it one at a time let's start at at the end uh with the evening session first because kyrgios in particular i've never seen a performance like that from him ever can you remember a performance like that because this is how i would describe it i would describe it as pretty anemic he tried hard he didn't argue with anybody Apart from one ball, book, one one line judge who reported him for swearing, but I mean, an, uh, you know, uh, it was very minor in the early stages of the match. Uh, Eva Daraki Moore was the umpire. We, I've had a theory for a while that he would be quiet if he had a female umpire in the chair because I think he, he's a polite lad, at heart with uh, with <laughs> with women, and cool. but. I, I wasn't expecting a performance like this, where where he where he he tried to play some big tennis. He he, he kind of played responsible professional tennis, and that was not what the doctor ordered in order to beat Rublev.
1: Yeah, I revert back to although it was a better performance. I revert back to my criticism of, of his performance in sets three and four against Nadal at Wimbledon. I know lots of people were were lauding that and it was laudable for its composure and the sort of self-containment of it, which we're not used to from Nick Curiosum, which was a refreshing upturn in his behaviour. But he was unable to reach a compromise between behaving well... But also doing the stuff that makes him electric. The it's okay to do to throw in the junk, to do an underarm serve. You can do an underarm serve and also not be a douchebag. Where's the middle ground? Where's the Nick Kyrgios that's able to just be on the edge? Ju- you know, disrupt the opponent, not give two hoots. It's like he thought. I think I think he let himself care tonight, and he can't cope with it. Yeah, well, he, I don't think he I went, don't think he can cope with wanting it.
2: He went into his shell out there as a as a tennis player in terms of strategy. I mean, look, I, I think things like underarm serves are very specific to.
1: But I mean, for underarm serve, read any one of Nick Kyrgios's, you know box of tricks. But, but,
2: tons of them. But where were, where were the, the off, mouse. where were the off-pace shots? Yeah. Where were the angles? Where were the
1: drawing wh- the uh, opponent into the net? Yeah.
2: Where, the dinks the the messing him around. Where were the unnecessary through the leg shots? Not one in the whole night. Um, because where, he can
1: only do that. He can only do that when he walks onto the court with the ah, did not give a toss feeling loose. Yeah, feeling loose. I don't give a toss about this. And I was doing the the wrap up show from the studio, building up to the night session between six thirty and, and seven pm tonight. And Nick Kyrgios came out for his pre match practice on the on the practice court behind us, so close that we actually lowered our voices <laughs> when we were doing the Nick Kyrgios section of of discussion. And he walked out with his little entourage and his basketball top and baggy shorts and everything fine and he placed a boom box down on the court and started playing hip-hop and of course you know you was saying that's hilarious and charming and all the rest of it but i thought he's nervous here he's trying to he's trying to keep himself loose yeah. and i thought the same when i mean there's we were watching the espn coverage in the bar and good on ESPN for running with this apparently Nick Kyrgios earlier in the afternoon watching ESPN's coverage put out a a trolling tweet about Tom Rinaldi
2: about his commentary
1: about his commentary Um, and and ESPN put Tom Rinaldi on the pre-match interview which was a real work of magic I would say um and
2: Kyrgios looked sheepish. Kyrgios looked sheepish.
1: He looked sheepish about the whole thing.
2: He did, didn't he? He was. He, he, it was so strange to watch. He,
1: he needs some therapy. I mean that in the most wonderful... Not wonderful, I mean that in the warmest possible way because it's so obvious. I feel like it could be easily fixed. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, uh, probably. Psychologist Whitaker speaks. Yeah, we probably all need a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: everyone have been at the bar for three hours; <laughs> thinks they can the, solve the, everyone
2: the, else's problems. There was a mo- don't they? there was a moment tonight, but however, where I just uh, we'll, we'll get on to Rublev in a minute because he deserves his props here, right? Because he he was fantastic. Um, but there was a moment tonight when the the ESPN. Transmission did a split screen, and we were in the pub, and, I, and we did not know where to look because you had Kyrgios on one screen in a tie break. Bear in mind, in the second set tie break, he was a set down, but he got himself into a second set tie break. He was four love, love up, four love with that the quickest um, serve I can't wise in believe the it. Can't believe it. And he, on on the other screen, he bottled it. On the other screen, he bottled it. Well, you must have done, because that doesn't happen. on the other screen, you got Shapovalov, who I think was five three down. Who
1: did the opposite?
2: Yeah, he, he just overpressed,
1: went for it, and it
2: was. I mean, he got himself into a fifth set as a result. It was a of
1: more it. uplifting defeat.
2: Oh, I think there's. I think really, Shapovalov on the whole can take nothing but positives. From the that that match, he got that close in a best of five set match when he was two sets to one down. He was five three down, and then he suddenly just went for it. And my goodness, it was irresistible.
1: Shapovalov was making us gasp, wasn't he? And yeah. I can't think of when. Didn't it? There was that one one rally uh, midway through the second set when we. Th- I think it was in the seventh game, actually. The the famous. Seventh game. He was breakpoint down. Thinking. He was two
2: breakpoints down, and he did he did an off pace forehand, came in, did a a volley cross court, and then was did a little s- lob. And he was in trouble, but he managed to volley away for a winner. And it
1: and it, it showed nous and awareness and anticipation and all that kind of instinctiveness. Yes, that makes him so special. That we makes thought, us speculate we that well, what does he need a coach for? Because he mm. knows how to play tennis. Well. It's one thing when he's able to to run in digital mode, but lots of other things come into play: nerves, he didn't read tension, it all the rest of it. Didn't read any of it. He was unable. He needed, he needed patterns and mantras and instructions.
2: He was paralysed
1: tonight. In order to make it work on analog mode, mm.
2: mental paralysis tonight.
1: But I. I feel a little bit more uplifted by it than I mean i d- not uplifted at all but I feel like there is a tiny little nugget in that he let himself care.
2: Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean but but his takeaway might be I'm not doing that again.
1: Maybe.
2: Um Right, let's then he's get, not lost anything Let's get it's on not. to bigging up Andre Rublev and Gael Monfils Who actually won those respective matches um, Rublev for a start I mean you know, it's, it's quite a challenge having Kyrgios down the other end And he just kept on plugging away What a professional performance He was very good I mean everything he does well He did well I think he benefited enormously From not being asked to do any of it Out of his strike zone
1: it was um, Nadal-like in its in his laser-like, relentless focus, mm. I thought. I really am not sure I can think of anybody other than Nadal, even with an inner shell Nick Kyrgios. I, I'm not sure I can think of anybody else that would have mentally performed like Rublev did like,
2: uh, tonight. Can you? No, I mean, I'm sure there are... There are one or two. It's that
1: one moment, in fact, in the same in the same rally that you just described, where he ended up on the floor chasing, chasing after a ball, and he ended up flat on his face on the floor, and he thought, hang on, is this is this the first sign of, of exasperation from Reblev? Regrouped like that, it was over. Yeah. Didn't give him a sniff.
2: He's clearly benefited, I, I would say, from his time away from the sport. I think that that has really focused his mind about how much it means to him and he was not going to let this chance pass now Kyrios might have stopped him but curious wasn't there sufficiently to do that
1: there's something
2: terrifying
1: about the the assassin like eyes of Andrei Rublev isn't there he's like a If he weren't so childlike, he would be like an 80s Russian Bond villain, except that he's in the body of a nine-year-old.
2: And therefore, he's more suitable for being in a horror film.
1: Yeah, because child baddies are the scariest kind of baddies. I feel like running for the doors He's not a baddie. I love him. I'm rooting for him. I think he's brilliant and ninja-like and disarming. Um, But he was... There, yeah, there was a look in his eye.
2: Uh, he was just going to be there until the end. You were going to have to beat him. Um, whereas, but it, oh,
1: it was such, such an unintelligent match from Kyrios, wasn't it? It was yeah, particularly
2: anyway. by his standards.
1: Didn't he, Rube, nothing about Reblev was exposed.
2: Hmm. No. I haven't seen um, anyway. Kyrios's interview post-match, um, so we'll have a little look at that tomorrow. Um, but Gaël Monfils, meanwhile. <laughs> was playing on inspiration tonight, it seemed to me um, as we said he ha- i mean for a start he had to come back from a set down against Shapovalov who who played pretty well as well as i 've seen him play over a best of five set match Shapovalov. I think he was absolutely fantastic, but he had some dips and Monfils just used his experience and just re- rode them out i mean he you know to, to withstand that fourth set for Monfils when he was 5-3 ahead, and then Shapovalov just played unplayable tennis. Uh, I think it was enormously impressive for Monfils to come out in that fifth and win it. And he, he looked so satisfied, didn't he, by it all? I mean, he, he, he got his family in the box, he got Alina Svitolina there. He, he just looked so fulfilled by it.
1: Which is good and bad, isn't it? Because the bad is that you feel like that's enough for him to have a night like that to win through to the second week to do it in that fashion you don't feel like that's making him f- think
2: I don't really think that, that, that he feels that's enough I I do feel how are we sitting here with him in his 30s and he's only ever reached a Grand Slam semi-final in his career
1: well I would say because nights like that are enough for him and look he doesn't owe us anything that's fine
2: Mm yeah
1: he's only got himself to answer to different folks, different strokes, but it's a shame. it makes it hard to root for him i find
2: it, I, you want to see a bit more ambition than that in your champ in your players. you want to see players that want to do it all. Um, I think when you're rooting for somebody, and yeah i, I find it hard not to look at Gail Monfils and be disappointed overall, I may maybe that's harsh but, but I feel like there's somebody with a, with a an amount of talent that could have done X, Y and Z, that he hasn't is entirely up to him uh, it's his life um, but based on what I thought he was capable of, it's been a little underwhelming, or quite a lot of underwhelming um, in terms of actual achievement levels
1: It's funny seeing him be the conservative one Yeah
2: Shapovalov ju- uh, what? is. Th- uh, th- is there a more explosive tennis player in the well, world than that well, kid? Kyrgios but not tonight. The thing is, though, Shapovalov doesn't have off-pace shots. He just goes
1: for no, it. No, there's no, and there's
2: and the swing is
1: so big.
2: Yeah, I mean, he is swinging it's, for the hills. We're not
1: talking about a, a lash, you know, a short backswing lash at the ball. We're talking about these <laughs> enormously. haymakers backswings they're so elaborate yes it's just gymnastics audacious everything about his game is audacious and I'm I mean obviously I'm I'm sway with the wind (laughs) with Shapovalov ridiculously so but I'm gutted that I'm not going to get to see him play again this tournament
2: the only thing the only thing is he has been like that for a for years, I mean, you you definitely sort of were excited about him before I was. You you watched him first before I did. Um, but he's trod water for eighteen months whilst still playing tennis like that in spurts. It's just that they haven't meant much because they've just been decorations. He, he's had no plan. Yeah. This week, it's felt like he's had a plan. And Mikhail usually has On, made under a threat of death <laughs> from from, from the, Mikhail Yuzhnyi. From the henchman Mikhail. <laughs> With his shaven head, and and he just stands there, looking like you know, if you don't, there will be consequences, (laughs) Dennis. Um, That's great. And you know, he looked. The the, the biggest thing I can say is he looked like a a professional tennis player, not a junior, this fortnight. And and I think there's as long as they continue working together. And build on this. There's a real, a real chance for Shampovalov to, to fulfil his potential.
1: No, but I want it now.
2: <laughs> okay, let's talk I about Ko-
1: this tournament.
2: Right. Okay, let's talk about Coco Gauff and Naomi Osaka working our way backwards in the order of play, which um, was greeted by hype that was off the scale. Quite honestly, it was a, it was an obscene amount of hype. Great fun, and obviously we, we touched on it yesterday with Chris Clary and the whole Coco Golf story, which which is a, a fascinating one. It's it's exhilarating, um, but it is something that I don't feel completely comfortable with. Um, and today she lost six three six love, and as a match, I thought Naomi Osaka treated it like a grandstand final. She she just played fantastic tennis virtually the whole way through it I don't think Goff was bad um, I think she was um, she was unable to keep up with that level of play from a, from somebody who is a Grand Slam champion you know we saw how old she is there she's 15 she still isn't fully developed you know she still plays slightly reactive tennis and she was getting shots hit at her that she couldn't really cope with uh, or combinations of shots the aftermath we, we were watching it with, with sort of um, subtitles on as uh, Nick Kyrgios walks into the hotel um, with his racket bag over his shoulder and goes to the reception. Um, and we had... He's forgotten his room key. <laughs> and we had... Uh, in the aftermath of the match, they shook hands. Um, Nick Kyrgios has gone now, by the way, thanks. Um, <laughs> We knew he was coming. This he, is
1: only, a, he only finished the match about 40 minutes
2: ago. Must have been a cracking press conference. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, Has he showered?
2: Massive warm down. No, I mean, come on, he hasn't got to play today. Um, he's still in the doubles.
1: He's still in the doubles.
2: <laughs> Mary's Coppil. Who'd have thought it? Um, but at the end of the match, Osaka went up to golf, and we were watching this match on the TV in the bar, and no sound on it, but subtitles. And suddenly the, the we, we heard from... Coco Goff, she'd, she'd, she'd had a conversation with Naomi Osaka at the net and you're wondering what it's about. It didn't look like the just commiserations type or whatever and Goff started to cry. Um, and then she she came and she ended up doing an interview as one of the losing players, which I understand in, in as much as um, we, we've had it at Queen's in the past where if a, a British player has performed admirably but not won, we've often asked them if they would still do an interview on court even though they hadn't won. Um, and they've done it. So she stayed and did her interview first. But again, she was in tears throughout. And it turns out Naomi Osaka had actually asked her to do an interview together. Now, I don't know whether Naomi had been asked to ask her. I, I'm not sure what happened there. But I was taken aback by that.
1: I, I've never seen anything like it before. The way she asked was charming and compassionate. And it created a a wonderful embracing moment between the two of them, but I'd love to know whether that was pre, pre-planned pre or whether it was just this sort of um, instinctive knowledge from Osaka given everything she's experienced over the last 12 months about what, what TV and the tournament would want. It could be that. It could be that. I mean, she's had a, a hell of an induction over the last 12 months into... The commercial demands of the sport. I don't. I don't know. I'd love to know. And it was. It was brilliantly handled by her. Whatever the 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 driving force. I felt uncomfortable as wonderfully as she dealt with it. And as as yeah, I, I felt uncomfortable with watching a crying fifteen-year-old being asked questions designed to make her cry. <laughs> Mm. um or certainly not i don't know i mean it's not that they were insensitive questions i just felt uncomfortable
2: with the kid was crying everybody being okay
1: with and you know knowing that knowing that people somewhere in their minds were thinking this is great tv and i i (laughs) i'm in the market of great tv i get it
2: Mm.
1: i get that that's a consideration for all of us and i'm not
2: <laughs> I think it was unnecessary, it, to be honest. I think I, wasn't I think she should have with it. I, I would prefer it if that have just let her go off the court to a standing ovation and absolutely come back another day when you're a bit older. you know
1: and that's fine. it's it's all absolutely fine. Yes. She's sh- sh- none of anything that's been said about her, apart from the absolute hyperbole, which. I disregard, frankly. None of it is any less true after tonight. She's yeah. lost to the world number one and she's 15 years old and she's she played a good match. She's given a decent account of herself. N- None of her potential has been disproved tonight. All that we've been reminded of and we shouldn't have needed reminding but is that it's potential. She's good And she has potential to be amazing. And she does have something incredibly special about her and the way she connects with crowds is uplifting um, and startling. And that's all wonderful. But enjoy it for what it is. Why do we have to be talking about it being the greatest ever (laughs) or a world number one? Or why does it have to be about everything can't it just be about what it is now?
2: And, and Well, that's what Chris was saying yesterday. Why does everything have to be a, a throw forwards? And what would it mean for the future? Um, you know, she's a very, very young woman. And she should be allowed to, to just grow as a tennis player and a human being at a pace that is doable. Um, I hope that that happens, that's all. So... He was quite reassuring, actually, uh, in the show last night, Chris, on that subject. Um, but yes, I, I'm, kind, I'm kind of glad it's over. Uh, mm. And that Naomi Osaka... I know,
1: I know that makes me a party pooper, but I am...
2: I'm too. Naomi Osaka can move forwards looking an awful lot happier with life than she did when she spoke to you on day one of, of, of the media day.
1: Yeah, most focus she's felt since the Australian Open is what yeah. she said on the court, isn't it? Really insightful quote.
2: Mm. Yeah, and she she just played fantastic tennis tonight. Um, she'd have beaten most people.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
2: Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners eighteen free meals plus free dessert for life, and of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to HomeChef.com/Tennis. That's HomeChef.com/Tennis for eighteen free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Um, one person she might have had her hands full with is Bianca Andreescu. Um, because I watched her this afternoon and it was quite interesting, she, she was playing Caroline Wozniacki and she beat her I think six four six three. she actually let mm-hmm. her back in, 6-4, four, six, four, six, four, yeah. she's won all four sets against the 6-4 um, and she could have beaten her a lot more straightforward than that if she'd have just taken her chances she, she panicked a bit and snatched it a few shots, well I think Wozniacki played quite well, she fought like a lion did Wozniacki tried so hard and that tells you just how good Andreescu was um, this woman skill set wise has to be one of the most talented tennis players I've come across in terms of just the sheer number of things she does well
1: and one of the things she does well is, is rise to ev- all and every so uh, some people were saying, "Oh, it's her first time on Arthur Ashe. She's played. I think her two matches previous to this were on Court Ten and Court Five, which is bonkers scheduling, I think, by the way. And apparently, it caused a bit of a crowd hazard. People were so keen to catch a glimpse of her in the opening couple of rounds. But um, to, I mean, I just it didn't even occur to me for a split second that she might not." <laughs> respond well to playing on the arthur Ashe stadium for the first time i mean obviously she was going to love it and cope with it brilliantly
2: because
1: i mean not even cope isn't even the right word just
2: She's not embrace, coping. enjoy She's just
1: blooming loving it
2: yeah And she was asked about it after a second round and she said check match. me out <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: she was asked no, about her the court assignments after a second round she and most people would go i'm happy to play anywhere I'll you know, it's just a privilege to be at the US Open, I'll play wherever they put me. She went, Yeah, I really love to play on the Arthur Stadium. Get me out there. <laughs> Check me out
2: <laughs> She's got the good
1: to back it up though.
2: Yeah. Everyone sure checked has. her
1: out in the Arthur Stadium and they went, Yep. She's y- good. You
2: all do. Any sense she can be American? Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she I just think
2: she's great. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, she now faces who?
1: Taylor Townsend. Yes please.
2: Oh. <laughs> Taylor Townsend. Serve and volley. Yeah, Jack Rimblessly. and Relentlessly. Oh, it was a just a wonderful sight. She played Serana Castella, who, who fought well, played a good match, and it was actually a break up in the first set, but Taylor Townsend just kept on coming. I think she I think she had Well, over 50% of her points serve and volley. She
1: ended at a net on 57% of points today, 53% in the second round, and 18% in the first round. That's quite a
2: difference, isn't it? Yep. Um, And that was your big stat of the day, wasn't it? You came up with that on your own. You told Matt. Matt was like,
1: Whoa! People gave me the raw materials, and I thought, I can do some maths here.
2: I tell you, you just looked like the cat that had got cream. Myself. Dear, oh dear, Matt was really jolted by that.
1: All I did was some rudimentary math <laughs> More than I did hashtag analysis. <laughs> I on. think that was a bigger win in many ways um, than the Hallett win. She was expected to win yeah. it. And I think there were a lot of question marks about whether... How much of an element of surprise there was in the Hallep victory. You know, mm. somebody just not knowing how to play against and Not being used to playing against somebody like that. And, you know, there was a, <laughs> there was so much analysis about Hallep's failure to use the lob... Um, Given that it seems so obvious from the outside, most people seem to conclude that just she, her mind didn't go there because she was so affronted by the whole style of play. Veronica um, Steyer didn't use it no, much today either, which not was, her game, which was bizarre. But Jim Currie, who was in our Prime Video studio today, <clears throat> said that Bianca Andreescu will be spending the next two days practicing her lob.
2: Yeah, you can imagine it.
1: I, I mean, if that match disappoints, then I'll demand some sort of U.S.
2: Open refund.
1: <laughs> I know I'm being paid to be here. She's being paid to be here, but somehow I'll ask for some kind of refund because
2: she'll do something fundamentally it, it, against the law.
1: It simply has to be excellent.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's so. I mean, look, we know we know Taylor Townsend's coming. It's the old Patrafter mantra: no secrets, mate. I'm coming in. <laughs> So, uh, (laughs) so those two are going to play each other. Um, We also commentated on Five Live Sports Extra certainly today on Rafael Nadal, who took on Hyun Chung, who played well, who played well, but Nadal was awesome again. He really, I mean, I think with the first set he was a a little bit erratic, um, but his his uh, his injections of pace and angle to just turn baseline exchanges to his way I mean he, he couldn't really look better I don't think Nadal
1: I'd agree with that couldn't really look better at this stage of the competition he's had that walkover in the second round so he's got a bit of in reserve relative to where he would ordinarily be physically at this stage of the tournament he, um, he was asking his uncle interview about the fact that he's not wearing strapping on his knees anymore and he said strapping doesn't work for me anymore <laughs> <laughs> Which was an amazing insight.
2: He also gave a bit of food insight that you weren't overly impressed with.
1: Boy, well, he's an absolute maniac. It turns out he doesn't like cheese. Actually, it's
2: up to he him. Said,
1: he said he doesn't. He does. He said he doesn't eat cheese. He's never eaten cheese. Yeah. It's it's that old. Well, I don't eat it because I don't like it.
2: <laughs> he's like a child. Yeah. So I don't like it. Try it, mate. i say that to my kids sometimes do you, do you
1: get yourself say, a lovely manchego I, I, I
2: promise you'll be pleasantly surprised put it in front of my son and he goes oh i don't i don't like mm-hmm. that i said you've never had it <laughs> oh, no i don't like it <laughs> no how do you know you don't like it if you don't have it <laughs> <laughs> on and on it goes um he, you're, he you're, said
1: so, he said i don't mind the meat <laughs> <laughs> but i prefer fish <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> go on Rafa uh, it was uh, to which you I mean you were particularly surprised about the meat revelation weren't you
1: yeah I mean close your eyes and imagine Rafael Nadal eating a meal <laughs> in my head he is some sort of caveman gnawing on the flesh <laughs> on the bone
2: of like a buffalo <laughs> <laughs> and then he's and then he's um sort of leapfrogging onto the onto the back of the next buffalo to go and do some sort of rodeo
1: now though i have to imagine given his revelation about how he prefers fish to the meat um Oh, this is another Lord of the Rings. Refer- I'm going to people are going to think I'm right weirdo. <laughs> at least you've you given us. You haven't even s- seen it, have you? You've seen you seen the Lord of the Rings? I
2: saw it, but I didn't really understand there's, it.
1: There's a there's a scene, there's a scene at the beginning of I think The Return of the King, where oh, maybe it's the second one, where Gollum slash Smeagol just eats this fish, this live fish, with his bare hand. He grabs this fish, and it just Bites into its flesh. Oh God! So now Nadal is sort of S- Smeagol in my head.
2: <laughs> right. Okay. It was
1: a revelation. Anyway, what still things to learn about Rafael. Tennis Nadal. players
2: as movie characters. I uh, don't, I'm not
1: sure you'd find that a favourable comparison. Well, it depends if you go Gollum or, or Smeagol, That's
2: for another podcast, folks. Uh, what else happened? Here, what else there? happened today? <laughs> the.
1: Ca- <laughs> um, christy
2: arn you aware of this story i'm aware of this story because hadn't she kind of played her first u.s open match about 2008
1: she first and foremost is from flushing oh wow um the home of the u.s open um and second of all she played her first grand slam match in 2008 and she won her first grand slam match in 2019 me <laughs> <laughs> And now she's won three of them in a row. And it's into the second week. It is, you'll be unsurprised to hear, the longest ever gap between playing one and winning one. 11 years. And it's an amazing story. Yeah. And her, she had a celebration fitting <laughs> of the oh, story. It yeah. was you, it was
2: wonderful. If you get a chance to see her celebration, it's well worth it. Incidentally, I don't think we've had a chance to mention it yet. If you get a chance to see Gail Monfils's, uh slam dunk... Tirouette smash from a couple of days ago. Take that opportunity as well. It is the greatest shot that I've ever seen, and I mean that. I don't know how he did it. Anyway,
1: he did. But I can tell you, Jim Courier thinks he was practicing it well, for hours on end.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm I sure know, he but was. But those things are only cool if you think that they're off the car. I would practice that I mean, every day cool. for the next <laughs> ten years if I could pull it off.
1: <laughs> Luke it, Capui's been hitting serves every day for the last 20 years and he could only get 24% of them in the other day.
2: <laughs> That's brutal. Um, very true, though. Uh, Kirsty Arn. Is that right? Kirstie Arn, Christian, I believe. Sorry, Kirstie. Uh, she plays Elise, Mertens. plays Elise Mertens. She also, her pinned tweet on her account details... I mean, and this is a serious subject and it happens all the time. It details some abuse she had from some awful troll who really should know better um, after one of her matches because she lost somebody that had been betting on a match. This happens all the time and then they go on social media because they've lost some money and they go and absolutely abuse the player. Christian found this person's account, looked it up, found this person's sister, messaged the sister with details of what this person had tweeted to her and said, are you aware that your brother has been sending this to people he doesn't know? Um, and the sister wrote back and said, no, I wasn't. It's absolutely appalling. You know, you, you, I'm going I'm to basically go and kick his ass." and uh, you keep doing what you're doing, you're brilliant. Which was a fantastic little end to a horrible story. Yeah, fight the good fight, Christy. Yeah. Um, Anything else we missed today? Anything else to happen? Who else has Um, won? Before we look ahead to tomorrow. uh,
1: Conservate withdrew. Oh, yeah, poor old Conservate. Benchich Bencic is through. Yes,
2: Conservate had gastroenteritis.
1: Bencic plays a Oh, really? Not a foregone conclusion by no, any means. No. I think, yeah, Bencic plays Osaka. Um, That's Merton's a good match on, on paper, that. Gerges uh, beat Burton's.
2: Yes, another surprise.
1: Um, and then you've got Vekic in that section of the draw Yeah, Vekic well. beat
2: put in Saver and we obviously had Zverev having an epic, uh, albeit a four-set one this time.
1: This, I, it's a ruthlessly efficient victory. Yeah,
2: four sets, a couple of tie breaks over Alias Bedani, well over three hours. Um, but uh, Zverev got through, so he's into the fourth round. Um, I can't remember who he's playing, but anyway.
1: Either Schwartzman or Tennis Sangren, which, which is still in progress. Yeah, although Sh- Schwartzman
2: was winning that so two sets of love. Oh, I feel like, Diego
1: Schwartzman might win that I don't know why I just volunteered a prediction I I regret it immediately
2: imagine imagine if this is Zverev's year suddenly (laughs) he just goes and wins it after all this Uh, Dimitrov will be on tomorrow won't he because he he won through uh, yesterday Um,
1: Myoshak.
2: oh right yes that's who he beat Uh, I've had
1: a lesson from Daniela after our podcast experience the other night with Simon
2: so tomorrow um, we have Vavrinka against Djokovic mm. what's happening
1: well it's impossible isn't it because we don't know how bad his shoulder is and because Djokovic. we
2: can't read the future we dis- can't
1: read the future despite, despite the fact that large portions of this podcast are
2: premised on that over the last eight years
1: um, so it's it's an impossible question due to incomplete information
2: but we're going to have a go anyway
1: but I think Vavrinka might win
2: mic drop I can't drop my mic because I won't be able to talk on the podcast um
1: don't you think Vavrinka might win yes
2: and uh, look I think if they were fully fit um if there wasn't the question mark over the shoulder uh, Djokovic is the favorite because he he is I mean you know he's the better player overall and uh but but they
1: uh, they have both played at their peak and Vavrinka's won that's Mm -hmm. that he can do that over the course of a year, Djokovic yes. is the better Look, player I, by far. I suppose overall. what I'm but saying on, is, on the I, night,
2: on on, on a given day, Veronika is capable of tennis that can really hurt Djokovic um, and beat him no question about it I mean he proved that Th- what three times at slams now twice in slam finals twice in including slam finals including here you know he can strong arm he's him to off anyone the, off not just court. Djokovic yeah. no not anybody because he doesn't do Th- it to Federer not Nadal Federer, and Federer gets him every time mm. he rushes him rushes him mm. with but his to game to be fair Nadal, and Nadal and, and, does and as well and Nadal beats him at his own game mm. because he doesn't give him you know he rushes him and it mm. in a different way true but Djokovic yeah. can't hurt him in the same way most of the time anyway I think that he's able to put it's like a boxer against a puncher when it's Vavrinka against nada uh, against Djokovic and um, Djokovic outboxes him but then suddenly you get this feeling that Vavrinka can just floor him because of his sheer brute power the difference is that this isn't the reason why we're talking about this we 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 have an unknown quantity in Djokovic Mm -hmm. right now. We don't know whether he's going to be able to be fully fit and play this match like himself or not. And and on the balance of what I've seen, I think when he's... I mean, Dennis Kudler is not going to put you in the sort of positions that Vavrinka will put you in and put the sort of pressure on. And I just feel that when all of that pressure is applied, if if Djokovic is hurting like I suspect he is think he's probably not going to be able to quite cope with it.
1: I'd agree with all of that.
2: No, we'll see. That's all coming up tomorrow night. Well, what else is happening?
1: Conta Plushgiver.
2: Oh yeah. Who's winning that? I've got a feeling for Conta. Me too.
1: Six and one the head to head but it's one and one on hard courts and it's just something about Conta.
2: Yeah. We're going to be coming on tomorrow night saying, oh dear that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> let's delete that podcast uh, what else Serena yeah Who she playing
1: I can't remember off the top of my head but somebody that she's definitely going to beat I thought
2: let's get the old order of play up Catherine that's what we should do Um have yeah,
1: got substandard internet
2: middle Sunday of the US Open and um, it's a cracking oh, day
1: if it were Wimbledon we'd be having the day off <laughs>
2: Uh, we don't expect you to be sorry for us, folks, because all we're doing is going to tennis tournament Let's be honest. And watching tennis all day. Um, yeah Who needs sleep? Who needs definitely, sleep? definitely me. Right. You've Petra Martic. Petra Martic against. I
1: do like Petra Martic. She plays beautiful tennis. She does. It's lovely. Lovely Serena's all court tennis. Serena's going to win. Yep. Federer, Goffin.
2: Federer's going to win. Goffin will put, put up a decent show. Oh, that's a good match. Svitolina looks in a good place right now. That is a fascinating I agree. match.
1: And I d- Madison Keys had that bizarre treatment in the match last night against in Won in straight sets, but she had the trainer out. She was having a blood pressure taking. Yeah, she
2: wasn't... I think she got a bit of a bug. Mm. I mean, there's a bug going around at the moment. So I've heard Chong Wong against Ash Barty. Well, I, I don't know about Svit- I think Svitolina might beat Keys. Yes,
1: I think so too. Kontoplyškova, uh, Kepfer Medvedev. Can I have a word on Medvedev? I mean, I don't even know what I can possibly say that can sum up my... I mean,
2: I covered it, but you need (laughs) your say.
1: I loved that uncourt interview so much. I just want to feed it directly into my veins and every time I hit any kind of adversity in life, be it big or small... Trivial or... Pursuit. Earth-shattering. I want to channel my inner denial. I know not all elements of his behaviour during that match that led up until the booing were um, perfect by any means. I'm not talking about the fact that he was being booed or the events that led up to it. I'm talking about his dealing with that moment. It was... Superhero stuff. <laughs>
2: you, you've just been watching it over and over today, over haven't you? Over and over <laughs> and over. That's very funny. Uh, okay, is there any anything else we I need to talk about? Have you, have you have you got it out your system now? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> um, okay.
1: I, I want to stand in the middle of this hotel foyer and do a. Come on then.
2: Did you see that? You didn't actually see the video that I recorded today, did you? No. I did the Daniel Medvedev. <laughs> want, should I just do your brief reenactment? Uh, it's, it's on social media. If you'd like you're,
1: to... You're going to do a reenactment of a reenactment.
2: Yes. If you'd, like it on the, if you'd like to see the actual video of it, it is on our Instagram story, only for a short period of time. But the gist of what I said is, Catherine, every time you boo me <laughs> for a... For For for, for launching a pole vault it will give me the energy for 500 (laughs) more pole vaults
1: please know that when you go to sleep tonight (laughs) it's because of you it's because of you that I won this match I need to find scenarios in my everyday life that I can repackage that phrase
2: (laughs) oh magnificent and use it. it oh And with that, folks, we will say goodnight for another edition of the Tennis Podcast. We'll be back with another daily tomorrow, of course. Uh, Brought to you in association with The Telegraph, executive produced by tennisballs.com. Mascotted by Rio with a Y. Folks, tell everybody you know. Tell everybody now about the Tennis Podcast. Why wouldn't you? You've just spent 42 minutes of your life listening to it. You might as well tell some other people to suffer with you. Um, And uh, leave us a review on iTunes as long as it's good. And if it's not good, don't. (laughs) We'll be back with another one tomorrow. See you then.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.